hardship, no more struggle, no more challenges, no more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said, after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said, you will rest from your battle. Hello. I don't want to go into some things. But when I knew the Lord, if you smoke, I know. Don't think you can beat me with it. If you drink, I know. I don't need to be able to discern. I'm not talking about prophetic eye. I am talking about experience. coming to know the Lord I can tell the difference that once upon a time if I had known him earlier if I had known him earlier I would have been able to keep myself for my future but thanks be to God who is able to repay your past and make you better for your tomorrow he's spicing the ship And I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There is a throne you need to sit on. There is elevation you need to catch. You have no clue of what your future is going to be. You can't mess up your today. That is why we hope. That is why we endure. You might be messing up your life now without thinking you don't have any hope. One day wait until you stand in the political office and they will start thinking who you are. Around that time, you needed just one vote to become the president. And that is where your past begins to haunt you. Because man doesn't forget. Don't make a mistake. Hope and endure. In that office, all that you are doing, you think they are not seeing it. They will not mind you. That's not mean you have arrived. A time is coming when you are going to be promoted at the board level. That you are crucial now to have your promotion. That is why your attitude will be displayed before you. And that is where you will lose the opportunity. And then here you are. You say, if I had known. Tell somebody, keep your hope alive. Tell the person, keep alive. Keep alive your hope. Abraham endured. The wife put pressure on him and he went in for Ishmael. Hagar and gave birth to an Ishmael. Up to today, it has become a battle and a challenge that we are settling with and we have not finished with. A season and a moment of gratification can destroy your future and your reputation. Keep your hope alive. Tell somebody, despise the shame. Tell a person, despise the shame. And look unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of your faith. If he started, he will finish with you. If he was in it, he will take you through it. You don't need to help him. He will carry you across. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Amen. 
He said that the two greatest obstacles for people to overcome in life are failure and fatigue. You might fail and you will get tired. But whether you fail or get tired in life, you still have to endure. Tell the person endure. Have you seen footballers playing football match before and they have played the whole 90 minutes and there is no score and they have to play extra time of 30 minutes. You will see them on the field tired. It's just like the last World Cup. The German team was so exhausted. They were so tired. Some of them were bleeding and still they were fighting on. The issue is not about the game but they were looking at the trophy. They were looking at the cup that we are so close for us to give up. There is a throne we need to take. So we have to endure. We don't care about our bonuses. We don't care about our money. We don't care about the crowd. We don't care about our government. We don't care about anything. We are caring about the pride of lifting up that trophy to show to the world that we are in that place. We are there. When Usain Bolt is starting his race, he finishes before he starts. He doesn't start before he finishes. So he has the end in mind and then he works from the beginning. God is a God who has the end in mind that he begins with you. Before you and I were born, our destiny has been determined but he starts with us as a baby so that we can grow into it. He has a better plan for you. He said in Jeremiah, he said, I know the thought that I think towards you. They are thought of good and not of evil. That I will bring you to an expected end. We don't get there because of our own selfish attitude. And our own way of life. Because we think God cannot help me. Hey, the Lord can do it. Tell the person, the Lord can do it. Tell the person, the Lord can do it. In Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. Give me Zechariah 9 12. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 12. In the book of Zechariah chapter 9, he said, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Am I talking to somebody? You and life, we are prisoners of hope. Tell the person, I'm a prisoner of hope. (laughs) Tell the person, I am a prisoner of hope. He said, as a prisoner, return to the stronghold. Your stronghold is the stronghold of Zion. Your stronghold is the stronghold of Jehovah. Your stronghold is the stronghold of Yahweh. He said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Mosai, that is the stronghold. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress in whom I will trust. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runners into it and they are what? Saved. It's your stronghold. It's your stronghold. It's your stronghold. It's how we should return. You see, the reason why Peter can be in prison and was sleeping is because Peter has hope that I'm not going to die in this prison. You know why? Because Jesus had already told him that you are Peter and upon you the church shall be built. He knew that if God has made a promise to me, he is faithful to keep his, keep his promise. So it doesn't matter what I'm going through now. I cannot die in the hands of Herod. Herod can put me in prison, but I have hope that I'll come out. I don't know how I'll come out, but I know I am not dying in this prison. Hope. 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 Because Peter knew he was a prisoner of hope. Yes, James could have been beheaded. 
but me, Peter, I know I have a word. I have a word on my head. I have a prophetic word. Until I fulfill that prophetic word, I know I will not die. They stoned Peter. They stoned Paul and they thought Paul was dead. Paul knew I cannot die here in Antioch. I cannot die by the stones. Because why? I know God has a place for me to get to. When he was on the ship, God told him you are going to Rome and you will appear before Agrippa. You will appear before Felix. You will appear before them and testify of me. In the times of the storm, everybody was afraid. But Peter said, be still because an angel of the Lord came and spoke to me. He knew what God has promised him. So in the midst of the storm, he was not troubled. How come are you in the midst of challenges? Sometimes people come to me and they, they will talk. You look them, you look them in the eye. You realize they are so troubled and so devastated and confused and, and disheveled and whatever. And when they finish talking, I look at them and, and my usual star, it is well. I believe when they return and they are going, they will be insulting me in their head. Because I never look at their nose size and tell them, hey, the way your nose is shaking. You should have gone this way, do this, do, do this. Because I didn't do anything spectacular for them to know that I am speaking the mind of God. Because before you narrated your incident, I didn't see your problem, I saw your solution. I saw your solution. Because your solution is more important to me than the problem. So I don't care how many tears you are shedding. I don't care how, how stressed or what fear you are carrying in your heart. I don't see it. What I see is the solution. So I tell you congratulations because I see the solution. I tell you it is well because I've seen the solution. I tell you you are well because I see the solution. I don't need to do anything spectacular for you to believe me. The truth is that if God says it is well, it is well. How many of you have dealt with me before? Oh, give me a way. How many of you have dealt with me? When you come to me, I'm dealing with you. You have a challenge. How do I handle you? And I know every time when you live there, you think me, I don't care. Sometimes I'll even shake your hand. How are you? And I said, it's fine. I said, okay, we'll talk again. And I'll leave you. And you, you will narrate so many lines of stories. In fact, you will talk, and sometimes in my office, I'll give people tissues to clean their face. And I'll be sitting down, you know me, in my chair already. Those of you have come to the office, maybe try. I'll be sitting in the chair, and sometimes I'll do like this. Or sometimes I'll fold my arms, and I'll be looking at you. And then whilst you are talking, I'm looking. You will talk, 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 talk. When you finish, I just share something. And the way I talk even looks even angry and boring. Hello? And when I have to pray for you, I don't pray anything, anything fantastic or whatever and, and pray in hundred tongues or twenty, whatever it is. If I have to take the oil, I take the oil and anoint you. If I have to say, I say, can bring me communion wine. I just pray, I say, take it and drink. And, and that is it. And you look at me and say, ah, what is this, this guy? What is wrong with him? But the truth is that I am not speaking to you about what you are going through. I am speaking to you of God God has perfected already. Because before you saw that God has perfected it, if only you will believe. If only you will believe. If only you will believe. I'm here to tell somebody, keep your hope alive. Oh, you didn't hear what I said? Keep your hope alive. 
I said, keep your hope alive. I said, keep your hope alive. It might not seem like it's going to be, but God said it will be. For we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. It's not what we see, but what we don't see. Because what we see is temporal, but what we don't see is eternal. Listen, if you really know God, you know that God is a dangerous God. <laughs> I, I have not worked with him for a long time, but I have known him in a way. And I can tell you that when you are troubled, he's laughing. You know why he's laughing? Because he has already seen the end from the beginning. He knew you were going to enter into that storm. And he knew you were going to come out of that storm anyway. So you are worried, but he is not troubled. He is not troubled. There is nothing of you that shocks God. There is nothing of you that makes God to be surprised. Everything that happens to you, God already knows it. And he has already provided a solution for it. Simple. Tell somebody, keep your hope alive. I, I, I pray God dissects you. To, to really get what I am downloading into your spirit. Because it is heavy. That's the person, it is heavy. Tell the person, it is heavy. Because the whole world is in disarray. And the whole world, people are discounted. And people are confused. And people are giving up. And people don't have hope again. Because they don't think there is a better tomorrow. But I stand here and tell you, there is a better tomorrow. There is a better tomorrow for Ghana. There is a better tomorrow for Africa. There is a better tomorrow for your family. There is a better tomorrow for your business. There is a better tomorrow for your marriage. There is a better tomorrow for your family. There is a better tomorrow for your ministry. There is a better tomorrow. There's a better tomorrow. Don't make a mistake to think that is the end. There is a better tomorrow for you. I don't care whether you believe it or not, but I know there is a better tomorrow. Because anytime there is a valley experience, there's a mountaintop experience. When it gets bad and worse, that is when God shows up. We are prisoners of hope. Tell the person I'm a prisoner of hope. Let me quickly go through this. A promise is making a commitment to do or not something making a commitment to do of something in the future. When somebody makes you a promise, he's committing himself to the promise. He's making sure you will get there and you get what you are looking for. Men can make a promise, they can fail, but when God makes a promise, he doesn't fail. He said, by myself have I sworn that in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. So what else are you looking for? God himself has sworn by himself that he's going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, when God speaks, believe it. This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry products of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277 
0302-249-3361 or plus 233-249-39-3361. Email us refismila at gmail.com. Visit our website icgcislegon.com. Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. Believe it. <laughs> I said, when God speaks, believe it. If God said, I have healed you, it might not show that you are well, but believe it. <laughs> I said, believe it. Because when God says it, it comes to pass. It doesn't matter what you are facing, but it shall come to pass. Just have hope. In whatever the Lord has told you. I don't know what God has told you, but I have hope. The only thing that steals away your hope is doubt. Is doubt. Abraham faced the season. Of the, 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 he, has a, he, has the, he has these challenges that he went through. He, he, has the, he has to go through the face of season. He has to go through the face of situation. He has to go through the face of time. Last week I spoke about it. He went through all these seasons, but he still believed God. What kept Abraham's hope alive? What is it that kept Abraham's hope alive? The first thing that kept Abraham's hope alive is the promise. Can you give me that scripture? Where I read from. The first thing, I'm sharing with you five things quickly that kept Abraham's hope alive. The next time I meet with you, I'll continue. The first thing that kept Abraham's hope alive was the promise. Tell the person the promise. He said, for the promise that he will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. There is a promise that a guy was looking for. Verse 14, put it this way. He said, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made for it and the promise made of no effect. There is a promise that God made to him that Abraham, out of you, the nations of the world shall be blessed. And out of that line, the Messiah shall be born. I, I don't know whether I'm talking to somebody here. So Abraham knew that whatever he's going through right now with Sarah, there is a hope that out of them, a Jesus shall be born. Though they have not yet seen him, according to Hebrews 11, that they hope for, but they have not yet attained, but they believe. And out of that hope, they were able to stay through. So faith is the substance of things we hoped for. The evidence of things we don't see. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Not a bad report. They were believing. They were looking ahead. The Messiah will come out of my loins. But right now I am buried. But I don't believe I am buried. And God said, believe that you give society is insulting you. Time is going. Your season is passing. Your age is going. And everybody is complaining. And yet you said, God said, I will have a child. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. Because God, when he promises something, he's able to do it. He's able to do a seemingly abundantly far above. What do you think or ask of him? Don't get troubled because when God says it, he will do it. I tell people, anything God initiates, he sponsors. <laughs> if God has not initiated, he will not sponsor. Once upon a time, I was so worried. Talking to God about the church and growth and other things. And the Lord said, shut up. I said, Lord, what is it? He said, are you the one who built it? I said, no, sir. He said, what did I say? I said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, have you ever seen any of my home that is empty? He said, it might look empty, but I feel it already. 
He said, a true church of mine never dies. And I said, I don't understand it. He said, listen, it doesn't matter who goes and who comes in. I have kept my church and my church will leave because the leaves of my church is always green. It does not matter who decides to stay or who goes. The important thing is that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He said, from generation to time, I have kept my church and I keep on keeping my church. He said, everywhere I exalt my name and I have people flocking into my house and my church shall continue. All that you need to do is to speak my word. So don't ever think that by me coming to church, I do God a favor. Or when I stop the choir, the choir will collapse. Or when I stop ushering, there will not be anybody to usher. You see, the more you stop, the more better people are coming. Because the thing is by substitution, by elimination. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Lord always brings a better thing when you are not there. Because the Lord is able to make more than what you think. Tell the person there is a super substitute. Say the promise. What promise are you having? What, what is keeping you going? What are you holding on to? You need a promise to hold on to it. You need a promise. The next thing that he will be the heir. The heir. To be a heir is to rule. To be a heir is to be in charge. The heir apparent to the throne. The one that is in charge. Abraham knew that his seed is not going to be an ordinary seed. But the seed is going to have is going to be a better seed and an important seed. So he was holding on to that thing. Everybody will look at us and say, Abraham, you are a fool. Abraham said, yes, I might be a fool in your eyes, but I believe. He said, Abraham, you are not serious. Yes, I might not be serious in your eyes, but I believe. Abraham, you go to church too much. Yes, I go to church because I know what I'm expecting. Abraham, you, you don't know what you're about. Yes, I know what I am about. When I got born again, my family looked at me and said, have you been deceived by a lady? That is why you are following. I said, it's not a lady. He said, is it about money? We'll give you all the money you are looking for. I said, it's not about money. He said, so what is it about? Is it about the Quran? If even the Arabic is a problem, we'll get you English Quran because there are translations that you can read. I said, it's not about the Quran. They said, so what is it about? Tell us, what is it at all that is making you to leave us? I said, the truth is that there is something that is happening to me that I don't understand. The value of your life is more important than possessions. What can you sacrifice for God? What can you give up for the name of Jesus? We speak and you think we have not been tempted before. We have faced higher temptations, but we said no. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We said no because we know what we are looking for. Because there is a promise. Tell somebody there's a promise. I was chatting with a friend and I was telling him something. The doctors were discussing and were discussing. I said, so what are you going to do? I said, this is what the doctors are saying. But this is what I know. You are not getting what I'm saying. I said, this is what I know. You see, there is something you know and you know and you cannot explain. It's about your salvation. You know that you are saved, but you cannot explain how you are saved and who you are, but you know and you know. Tell somebody, I know. know. Tell another person, I know. know. Tell another person, I know. You see, I challenge you today for you to know why you are in Christ and for you to know what God has told you and for you to know what God is saying about your life. Tell somebody, I know. Turn up and say, I know. Listen, don't get worried about somebody because the person might know something you don't know. And get something you don't know. 
I know. He, he had a hope that he's, he's going to have a hair. And this is not an empty promise. But this is a tangible promise. A promise that has substance. Because faith is the substance. Something that is tangible. It's what we mean by substance. It's the substance of the things I am hoping for. So whatever I am hoping for, whatever you are hoping for, God has already told you that that thing is a reality. It might not seem right now, but it's a reality. Tell somebody it's a reality. Let me lay it. Romans 5. Romans 5. It said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we are justified by what? Faith. He said, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. In other words, when we are justified by faith, we have peace. Peace is not in speaking in tongues. Peace is having an assurance in the Lord that what the Lord has promised is able to do. So I stay calm and I know everything is fine. Jesus was calm in the storm because he knows that his destiny is not ending on the sea. He's getting to the other side. I don't have peace. Oh, pastor, I don't have peace. I am troubled. You are troubled because you have abandoned that hope. Therefore, having been justified, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through anything, but through our Lord Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus? He despised the shame and saw the joy that lies ahead and he endured on the cross. And the verse 2 says this. It says, through whom also we have access by faith. So it is faith that gives us access into his grace. So if I am praying for grace, I should know that I can assess the grace through faith. And I can assess it through faith because I believe. And the faith I have is the hope I have. And he said, in this grace which we stand. So we stand in the grace. And he said, rejoice in hope. Oh, come on, tell the person rejoice in hope. Tell the person rejoice in hope. And we have already said that hope is the desire I am expecting. And he said, in that hope we should rejoice. There is nothing the enemy will do that will take God by surprise. Before the enemy at God has already gone ahead. That is why you need a church and need a shepherd. You didn't hear what I said. Don't look at me like I'm from another planet. I said that is why you need a church and you need a shepherd. Some of you are pick phone and call you and tell you what this watch is, what that. You think it's just a joke. You don't joke with shepherds that are watching over you. There are things we see that you don't see. There are things we know that we don't, you don't know. Before you come and tell me some things I know already, I was only waiting for you to come. Because to some of you, if you don't go through that thing, you will not be broken. Your pride is too much. So even when I come and talk to you, you will not even listen. So I sit down. When you come finally, then I give you the rundown. There are people, listen, it is not that your breakthrough has delayed. When the day you change your attitude, you see that breakthrough. I am telling you from this pulpit. Listen, don't joke with a watchman. Because when you go to sleep, you don't know what he does. Hello, are you there with me? Because you never chose your, your, your shepherd. God chooses your shepherd. And he knows you, so he gives you a shepherd that knows what you are going through. You see, some of you, if I have to tell you everything you are going through, you run away from, from even coming close to me. 
Right now, if I tell you what you are going through right now, you, you will be shocked. But I don't need to tell you. I just need to deal with it. When our outsider comes, he needs to tell you. You know why? Because he's not a shepherd. He's just passing through. So he needs to tell you to deal with it. But the shepherd knows by this with it. You see, your father in the house knows what you are going through. The stranger comes and sees it and it's a surprise to him. But your father is already away. Through whom we also have access by faith to his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And I like the verse 3 and the verse 4. He said, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. When I am going through troubles, he said, it's producing perseverance, endurance, persistency. And he said, and perseverance, character. When I go through the thing and I persevere, a character is built out of me. And out of character, hope. And see what hope does in verse 5. He said, and now hope. Oh, I don't know whether I'm talking to somebody. If I don't preach again, I've arrived. He said, and now hope does not disappoint. I prophesy over your life. As long as you have that hope, God will not disappoint you. You cannot have hope and be disappointed. Life might be bad. Life will be a challenge. Life will be a trouble. Life will be a hassle. But when you have hope, it will not disappoint you. At the end, your hope shall speak. At the end, that prophecy shall come to pass. At the end, that blessing shall come to pass. Because hope cannot be disappointed. Hope cannot be disappointed. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us? Who was given to us? Tell somebody, keep your hope alive. Oh, tell the person, keep your hope alive. Listen, this is a multi-billion dollar message. Daddy, uh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. That in all your life, you should listen to it over and over again. It doesn't matter where you are. It's a hope that's not disappoint. I am here to tell you, once you have your hope, you will not be disappointed. Keep your hope alive. Jesus, have hope that when I die and I'm buried, on the third day, I'll come out. As to how you will come out, he doesn't know. All that he said is that he pulled this building down and on Thursday it shall be built. The people thought it was being proud and arrogant. The truth is that when you know the one you are believing and you have hope, people think you are proud and you are arrogant. But hear me something, when you know something that your fathers don't know (laughs) when you know something that your fathers don't know there is a level of confidence. There's a level of an assurance. There's a level of things that moves you. When you don't know it, you get scared. But when you know it, ask the person, do you know it? Tell the person, ask the person, I said, do you know it? In your knowing, you keep your hope alive. Mary and Martha were crying over the dead of Lazarus. But Jesus have a knowing. That this person is not dead but sleeping. And they thought he was dead. But the guy, he said he was sleeping. They would have looked at him and said, what are you saying? Jesus, you can say some things. But the man is not just saying some things. He's not seeing a rotting situation. He's seeing a living situation. 
Ezekiel, can these dry bones live again? Yes, once they are dry and they are bones, they still have hope. Flesh can come upon it. You, you are not getting what I'm saying. I prophesy over your business. Every dryness shall receive flesh. I prophesy over your marriage. It shall receive flesh. I prophesy over your finances. It shall receive flesh. I prophesy over your health. It shall receive flesh. I prophesy over your womb. It shall receive flesh. I prophesy over your going out and your coming. It shall receive flesh. Shall I receive it? Shall I receive it? Shall I receive it? Rise up on your feet, somebody. Keep your hope alive. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.